In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I go uh, on and on and on and we'll take them to the crib unless they're boning. Uh, Easy, call them on the phone and clap them Chanel cologne and I stay dressed to impress, spark these bitches' interest. Sex is all I expect as they watch TV in the left. They know. They know. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Friday. We made it through another week. Are we still, is it still the holiday? Is it? I feel, I feel like we, I mean, not that it's fun, but I just feel like it's weird. I guess it's, you know. Uh, let me guarantee you that this will be the most important thing that you see or listen to all week. That's right. This is the most historical thing that has happened all week. There was not a new president this week. There was not, this is the only thing. Uh, I'm just kidding. What a week it has been. I hope everybody is okay out there. Um, I'll share a couple things up top. Uh, welcome to the show. If you guys are new to the show, welcome. Um, I've been doing it a little bit differently uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, I have been recovering from COVID. And uh, just to keep you updated on that, it is a bitch um, to come back from this thing for me. Uh, I know some people have been just so great at it and just are, are asymptomatic. That is not me. I will have headaches for hours at a time. My breath control. If I if I walk upstairs, I I uh, I have to sit for a couple of hours. So it's been weird, you know. And I gotta say, I so I mean, there's there's a lot of good things. I'll I I overshare you guys new to the show. So let me um, I'm oversharing right now. I got a weighted blanket for Christmas and melatonin because I have trouble sleeping, as you as you guys know, and. I gotta tell you, there. I mean, the weighted blanket's twenty pounds, and I, I literally hurt myself with it. I mean, I literally, I just, I think, I laugh so much about the weighted blanket because it's like, do I really need another thing to trap me in my bed? Like, I'm already gonna be in the bed. Nobody has to like make me go to the bed. I love being in the bed, but now this thing like just makes like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have to pee, and I'll be like, is it worth? Is it worth me trying to get out of this weighted blanket? You know, like. <laughs> It just shows how lazy I am where I'm like, yeah, I'll just lay here. I don't I don't feel like I'm working out right now. I feel like I'm getting stronger, though. Um, but that melatonin, I thought the melatonin was kind of like this, um, like, medicine they give to people. Like, oh, do you have your medicine? That'll help you sleep. And then it kind of just mentally gets you there. But I think this stuff really works. Like, I've had the most insane sleep the last couple of nights. 
And so I've been getting like eight hours of sleep, which if you know me, I've been like four to five hours. So that's very weird for me. Uh, but I woke up from eight hours of sleep yesterday and I was horribly depressed and I was like, flip. Do you ever go like, oh, you know what it is? I feel weird, but I bet it's just the sleep. And then you get sleep and you're still depressed and you're like, oh my God. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> oh no, it's not just the sleep. Oh no. And then you're kind of even more depressed because you thought it was sleep that makes you feel bad. And then you just realize, oh, it must be something deep inside, <laughs> deep inside me. Um, so yeah, so slowly getting back, but that's why, uh, I was supposed to go daily this past Monday and, um, Maritza reminded me it was the election week and I was like, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's give Mr. Biden his week. Cause I don't want to step on his toes. And I know I would have been a great threat to that. Um, so yeah, it starts this Monday. I have a couple of guests lined up that I think you're going to uh, really, really enjoy the next, the first week will be a lot of interviews. Bill and Becky, Becky Bailey will be making their first appearance of the new year. Wanted to make sure they were able to, uh, had time to recover from COVID as well and get their senses of humor back. And, uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen, <laughs> but, uh, they'll be back and it's going to be a lot of fun. So subscribe now. So you guys can, uh, catch the magic. I was really bummed. There was one guest, I guess I won't say the name, but that I, I talked with, she was so nice and was like, heck yeah, I'll do the podcast. And, um, you know, we emailed, I even put something together for her PR and Bravo had to approve and the PR people approved, but then Bravo hit me with the, uh, or NBC hit me with the, um, she is so busy right now. Maybe we can make this work later in the season. And that is, such a bummer and I feel like that's short-sighted on a lot of people's parts because it's like this this podcast is really weirdly growing at a, at a more rapid pace than I think uh, and it's it's uh it's weird it's like you just always uh, you always have to fight for everything you want I guess in anything that you do so I was kind of bummed about that but then I I was able to to give myself a pep talk and uh, I will I will make sure everything will be OK in the end. So I just feel like I way overshared with that. I hope you guys you're, you're like, I'm here to listen to a podcast. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, uh, remember on Patreon, patreon.com. So bad. It's good. I've recapped the entire season of Real Housewives of Orange County. Ooh, that uh, reunion. I guess a lot of people are like, it's it was pretty good, but there are people that didn't watch the whole season, so it's like, yeah, of course that seems pretty good if you're just coming into it. I In recent weeks, I think I've expressed real concern that I started to agree with Kelly Dodd. We are back to me hating Kelly Dodd full-time after that reunion, so Kelly, you did it. You got me to agree with you, and now you got me to hate you again, so that's I think that's talent of some form. Um and I'm I'm covering Real Housewives of Dallas on there, so that episode will be out later today on uh, Friday afternoon, I believe. So that has been fun. I've been really enjoying Dallas, um, and there'll be some other fun stuff on there as well. And uh, yeah, last night, you guys, was the Crappy Awards. You know, watch what crappens with Ronnie and Ben. They asked me to be on uh, the Golden Crappies, and you know, you guys know, like that was the last one of the last places I went in person last January in L.A. or downtown was the Crappy Awards. And it was sold out and it was so much fun to watch and and to be asked to present um, was such a such a honor. I took it so seriously. I know a lot of you guys uh, saw it because you're huge fans of theirs, because everybody is fans of theirs. And um, we made a little um, 
uh, a little uh, clubhouse background with all of my Bravo products. And I printed out pictures of Jax and, and, and I got to uh, talk about Best Fight. And it was one of those moments that I I was just really just I I almost, <laughs> you were like you guys I know it. I know you guys know what I'm about to say. I, I teared up afterwards because it was one of those movies I was like really nervous for because this shit matters to me. You know, like my friend Hannah texted me afterwards. Uh, she's been on, you know, Hannah Brown. She texted me afterwards like, oh, good job. And I was like, really? I feel like I'm going to throw up because it was just one of those things. Oh, but the coolest thing, you guys. So Tom Sandoval and Ariana were their bartenders that kept popping up through the night. And I had texted with Ariana earlier um, and I I was making fun of Jax and we were making fun of his sweater. You know, remember the chunky sweater line he said he was going to do and he wore that chunky sweater and took it off in that Vegas fight? Tom Sandoval has the Jax chunky sweater from that Vegas trip in his possession. So after I got off and we were mentioning something about that, or no, there was like, so backstage, they really, they set it up so cool. Like those guys like got a really cool team where there was like a backstage stage manager. So there would be like 10 people in the backstage area. So like when I was there, it was like Kate Casey, Laura Marie Shainalls. And like you could, you know, there was like a group chat you could text in and Tom and Ariana were in that group chat. And he was like, oh, I have the Jack's Chunky Knit sweater. And Laura and me were both like, well, I was like, I need to touch that at some point immediately and so when i got done uh sandoval was wearing the chunky knit sweater and you can go to my instagram so bad it's good with ryan bailey and see my natural reaction it is <laughs> it it's like the reaction of like a seven-year-old boy like i had never been that excited in my life and i i just texted ariana i said i'm so sorry but i will need to take a picture with that because that to me is that's history you guys if you like reality shows and you like these Bravo shows, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Bravo Jack's chunky knit sweater. It's the one he ripped off in the fight when when he went up to for Stassi's birthday, remember? And Stassi was with that the other dude, and they all got into a fight outside of that restaurant. It was just one of the coolest Bravo moments ever. Um, so it was so exciting, so excited. Sorry, there's like drilling on my street. I'm telling you, I don't know why, but I live on the street that is just, I think this street just comes with constant work. I, I feel like somebody's illegally getting money for this because there's no reason this street work should be good. This must be a cover for something else. Like, I think they just have drills and they just like turn them on and don't drill anything, but just to make noise. But anyways, the crappy awards was so, so cool. Those guys... I mean, those guys are so special. And I was in the group chat earlier because they gave me a code to watch it and I was watching it and stuff. And it was so cool, like reading the group chat of all the the uh, listeners um, of just like so excited. And I think that's just what's the, so cool about the group of us is that we all just love this stuff so much and we get so excited and we we make friends with all of these cool people because of it. I, I know my life has be, gotten at least 80% better because of you guys. And it was just so cool to like, that's the kind of, I love things that bring people together. Like that makes me feel good. And those guys, you know, they bring people together. Like they, they said this thing at the end of the, the night about, it was just really kind of earnest and sincere and thanking, um, all of their listeners and all that for for letting them do this, for letting them live a life uh, and a lifestyle because of this. And 
I know they are just as blown away by all of this. Like, I, you know, you can just tell these are just two humble dudes. Watch what crappens, guys. And I, I, I know all of you guys know them, but if you don't, I mean, go check them out. That'll be your new favorite. I mean, just beams of light those guys so uh i don't i don't think ben and ronnie listen um because god they're podcasting probably at this point but <laughs> it just thank you guys what what a um what a true treat treat I, I celebrate that as a victory for the show and for us so man thank you guys thank you guys the listeners for even letting me be on their radar radar so okay that's enough of the fun stuff now we are going to get to some darker stuff We are going to talk about the Army Hammer. Um, how do you do? You say scandal? Do you say situation? Do you say cannibalism? What do you? How do you even begin to describe this? Now we are going to talk about this today with my guest Sophie Ross, who uh, joined me a couple weeks ago for the Hilaria Baldwin episode, and I got so many great comments about that. And Sophie's just a very, very talented writer, and uh, I follow her on Twitter and Instagram, and I just think. Uh, we line up a lot on our views, and she just has so much good information. I uh, asked her to come back on, and she was so gracious to come back on. And we had a very, uh, a very good conversation about the Army Hammer thing. Um, this is our conversation; kind of goes all over the map on so many things. And I have to say, I kind of changed my opinion about this situation from talking with her, and it even made me think more, more seriously about this than I was even thinking before it. Um, I I think I told the Patreon, and I probably told you guys, I have a little experience with Army um, uh, from acting class, uh, and he was just uh, always, you know, a very charming, fun guy, you know, crazy. But, like, you know, you don't think about it. You know, all of us actors, I always consider crazy. We like to, you know, explore things. I mean, there's kind of a certain bullshit artist performative artist bullshit that I think a lot of us actors have done at some point in our careers just because you feel like that's what you need to do to really feel the art, as it were. Uh, but this is way different. Uh, what is going on with the Army Hammer story, and I guess Army Hammer, is way different. And so I'm going to give everybody a really big trigger warning with this. This might not be your cup of tea. What we're going to be talking about involves cannibalism, abuse towards females, um, just overall, uh, um, dare I say evil. So, uh, if that's not your thing, I totally understand. And there's going to, I released two other episodes on the main feed that are all kind of silly and fun and light. And this is, this, this does have its light moments, but overall the topic isn't light. So I wanted to give you guys a really, really big trigger warning on this. Uh, you know, I always say everybody has to protect themselves. Don't, um, don't listen to things that are going to put you in a bad, a bad place or bring up bad memories. Um, but I do think we handle this really fairly. And um, uh, like I said, there, there is light moments to this, but it's, it, it's all over the map. And as it gets further in, I start reading some of the text messages um, and some of the, the things that he has allegedly said. Um, and that's, it's also, you know, I'm going to read a timeline of these events and know it's interesting though, 
is that I have noticed from when this started, which was like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, maybe, um, to now, it already feels like the internet's been scrubbed. From the articles that I did see on a Google search, the articles I'm seeing now, you know, I'm seeing more articles about his divorce from Elizabeth Chambers, his wife, rather than the timeline of the serious events that have taken place this past week. Um, and, you know, just so I mean, I know how uh, that kind of stuff works. Like, I, re- I remember my work, we paid somebody to scrub certain articles from the Internet. So remember, this person comes from family money, this person. Uh, so I, I do get concerned when I'm like, oh, wow, I feel like things are being scrubbed. Like I found a couple of things, but it was so many more things last week. So I wanted to point that out as. A weird, uh, a weird kind of thing. But um, let's see. Let's. How do I start? Because I wanted to give you a little bit of an overview. Now there have been clues about Army Hammer's behavior. If you, if what is allegedly being put out there has happened, if you go back and look at a lot of his things, there has been elements that you could piece together that are so weird. Like in 2013, he did a um, a damning Playboy interview. Uh, this is from an article M- from MTV Australia. Um, and in the Playboy interview, it's uh, he talked about his sexual preferences. He stated he was into rough sex, but that getting married had changed that. Uh, quoted as saying, I liked the grabbing of the neck and the hair and all that. But then you get married and your sexual appetites change, he said. And I mean, for that, that for the better. If It's not like I'm suffering in any way, but you can't really pull your wife's hair. Uh, as long as it's completely consensual, a celebrity being into rough sex isn't a huge deal. Um, but something like that raises eyebrows when you take into the bigger picture of that. Also, he was kind of saying here that, well, you know, I, you know, you respect your wife so much that you cannot choke and grab her hair and stuff like that, which is, if you think about that statement, if you think about that thought, that's really dark. Like that's even kind of a darker, like saying like, oh, so the people that you choke and you grab their hair and stuff like that, you don't respect them at all. I mean, allegedly he, he did, you know, he calls them his kittens, all the women that he has, has done this to. And there is one in particular that I follow her account that had so much information. I believe she's private now. We talk about her throughout this episode just because it really was the, you know, she has the most information and dated him, moved to uh, Los Angeles to be around him. Uh, it seems like she was put through hell because of him. Uh, her Instagram account is House of Effie, uh, E-F-F-I-E. And I believe she's private, but on Sophie Ross's Instagram account, I know she's put a lot of these text messages in her highlights reel. So go check those out. But, um, you know, she's been very brave in posting a lot of these things. Um, and I'm sure it's really scary. And I know she's probably getting a lot of uh, hate messages as well as a lot of support. So. Uh, you know, I think it's always very brave. I mean, in this day and age, when somebody speaks out, when you have the internet, because <clears throat> lives have been destroyed on the internet, you know, I've managed to destroy my own life on the internet. So, uh, but 
there's a lot of information on there. I know she, I mean, she jumped for like 70,000 followers overnight just because of this, but she's still posting every day. And I know, I know a lot of the women that she talks about having uh, been with him and stuff like that have been suicidal, have uh, just really suffering. I mean, I think this kind of behavior really mentally puts a man or a woman um, through the ringer. I mean, there's a psychological aspect to all of this kind of stuff that is really just scary. This There's like lasting, you know, damage from, you know, when men do this, you know, or, or women do this as well. But in this case, uh, allegedly Army Hammer. And like I said, I wanted to keep saying this is all alleged. I do. I was not there. I don't know the legalities of talking about things like this. Um, I'm so this is all alleged. I I cannot stress that enough. I personally believe this to be true. Um, but this is alleged and I don't know, really, I was talking to Sophia, but I don't know what happens next. I don't know. I know he's in trouble with the Cayman Islands and the Cayman Islands, uh, police, I believe spoke with him this week because he did, and he has a fake Instagram account or, or what we call a Finsta, uh, kids. And, um, you know, he had a woman on all fours on his bed and he was trying to do a little joke for his buddies, um, cause he posts a lot of, I guess, you know, of him doing drugs there, you know, on his Finsta, which is just like. Also, your deviance, like the fact that we need to, that's how dark social media has gotten is that we feel the need to even photograph our idiot shit, you know, is that I should, I should put this on uh, video and I should take pictures of me doing DMT and other drugs and send it to my friends and totally trust that even though I'm a star, nobody will ever sell this to the press. Like just dumb shit like that. It's like you think you're bigger. Your ego is so unchecked that you think that kind of stuff is safe. Like that, nothing is safe. Like don't, especially if you're going to be a fucking weirdo, don't put your stuff out even in a private way. Like I feel like you've lost all intensive privacies or just assume you do. Like it just feels like idiot. It feels like his ego sometimes has gotten so big that he has done a, a lot of idiot things that has made it more has made everything put into question more because everything kind of lines up to support that he probably really did this, you know, in January 10th of 2021, um, army hammer starts trending online after allegedly exchanging messages with a fan that detail sexual assault and cannibalism fantasies. An Instagram account called House of Effie shared screenshots on January 10th, allegedly sent between Hammer and an anonymous woman. The screenshots track their reportedly years-long relationship and discuss drinking blood, sexual control, slavery, eating a warm deer's heart, and cannibalism. In one DM, Hammer allegedly describes himself as 100% a cannibal, telling the woman he wants to eat her. Another reads, if I wanted to cut off one of your toes and keep it with me in my pocket, so I always had a piece of you in my possession— Another says, I need to drink your blood. Why the distance? Which makes some of the cooked messages I've received on Tinder look pretty tame. Uh, this is the writer putting a little funny comment. Um, <clears throat> so there are multiple, multiple, multiple screenshots of of him and all of these things. Um, a moment later, uh, doubts start to pour in over the authenticity of the screenshots. Another set of DMs start circulating that apparently show the person behind House of Effie admitting to faking the whole thing. The message they allegedly sent, it's all, it, quote, it's all fake, but it was funny, wasn't it? 
But House of Effie hits back claiming that those DMs were fab- fabricated by Hammer's crazy fans. That, I believe, entirely. Uh, you know, I believe. And by the way, remember, you know, if you remember, there are fixers everywhere. Hollywood and just it, when you're in a certain echelon of money, there are fixers for everything. Um, and if you're a student of pop culture like we all are, we, we've seen this on multiple, multiple, multiple occasions. Remember, you know, like just even think about like Michael Jackson and all those kids that came forward and people just destroying them at times. Um, so the evidence against Hammer. And re- once again, I want to remind you, this is taken from a MTV, uh, an MTV.com online article. Um, uh, does not have the author's name on it. I'll try to find that in a second. Um, so everything at the internet at this point kind of starts trying to like piece everything together. Everybody's talking about this. Um, but a lot of these text messages are being shared then everywhere. Um, but one woman going by the name of Dominastaya comes forward separately. She shares screenshots of conversations she'd had with the actor on Tumblr that follow creepy similar pattern patterns. One of the messages that House of Evie alleged was sent by Hammer, including a man's hand lying on a script. The hand featured a small tattoo on the ring finger, which was strikingly similar to one that Hammer got a few years after his engagement to his ex-wife Elizabeth Chambers. Uh, social media ties itself in knots trying to decipher what the fuck is going on. Then a writer named Jessica Ciencin Henriquez, who apparently once went on a date with Hammer, chimes in. Shared from her private Twitter, she wrote, If you are still quest- quest- questioning whether or not the, those Army Hammer DMs are real, and they are. And also, this is Josh Lucas's, the actor's ex-wife, by the way. Just I don't know, That's a little thing. If you are still questioning whether or not those Army Hammer DMs are real, and they are, maybe sh- you should start questioning why we live in a culture willing to give abusers the benefit of the doubt instead of the victims. She then took to her Instagram stories to state it takes any Army to hide a predator. Damn, that is dead on true. January 13, finally he speaks. After a few days of silence, Hammer finally comes forward to announce two things. He's dropping out of his he's dropping out of his upcoming film Shotgun Wedding with Jennifer Lopez, and he will not be commenting on the abuse claims. Uh, we talk about this in the actual podcast interview, but I'll say it again here. I'm not responding to these bullshit claims, but in light of the vicious and spurious online attacks against me, I cannot in good conscience now leave my children for four months to shoot a film in the Dominican Republic. Lionsgate is supporting me in this, and I am grateful to them for that. That is all he says. Um, I'm curious. I do not think he actively himself left the film. And also, his children have been in the Dominican Republic, I mean, have been in the Cayman Islands with uh, his his ex-wife, Elizabeth. So, I, I don't know. Um, January 14th, yet more abuse claims. Um, Hammer's ex, Courtney Vukovic, spoke to Page Six yesterday detailing harrowing aspects of their relationship. Uh, the part of the story that most captu- captured people's attention was when she stated Hammer had once said he wanted to break her rib, barbecue, and eat it. Quote, fuck, that was weird, she report- reportedly said upon reflection. He says, I want to take a bite out of you. If I had a little cut on my hand, he'd like to suck or lick it. That's about as weird as we got. Yikes. But uh, he did try to convince her to the two bottom ribs and he would barbecue them, which is just wild. 
Uh, Vukovic, I don't know if I'm saying that right, went on to describe the horrific abuse she suffered in the relationship, which ended shortly before she checked herself into a 30-day partial hospitalization program for PTSD and trauma. She spoke about therapy being key to healing from the toxic relationship. Since this all has come out, someone claiming to be a close friend of Hammer's ex-wife has spoken to the media. According to the source, Elizabeth Chambers stated that she was shocked and sickened by the allegations, but believes the women coming forward. So that is is from that one article. There are a couple articles you can find if you look deep. You have to go into like the third and fourth fourth page of uh, Searching Army. So who knows if this is all going to be dis- disappearing. Um, so I'm sure we will find out more. Um, uh, House of Effie has uh, really... You know, shown a light on a lot of these victims' stories. I don't know if we will hear more. Um, I'm curious if anything will happen to this. But I wanted to this this you know, pop culture isn't just fun and light stuff to me. There's like some really dark stories hidden here that that can be fascinating, and I'm just curious how all of this will end. And 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 Sophie got me thinking in a different way. I had watched that four part Night Stalker documentary on Netflix, and you know. People like my, I was kind of like, well, you know, it's weird. You know, there's S&M elements to it. Who knows if he's trying to be performative. But then when you see a pattern of behavior again and again and again and again and again, you have to really pay attention to that. And we do know things about that now because all of us are obsessed with like these serial killers and crime and crime podcasts and stuff like that. We all kind of know how all of this stuff goes. Patterns of behavior are the most important thing to look at. So this is an ongoing story. This is where we are right now. This is in a really good conversation with Sophie Ross. I will put where you can find her on the description. Um, but like I said, trigger warning, we do talk, uh, we go into a little bit more of the DMs. And you guys, like I always say, this is me trying to figure out stuff as well. Uh, I don't pretend to be an expert. I am not a journalist. Um, so this is uh, an average guy trying to walk through this and figure it out. And I'm learning stuff as we go. So uh, if you guys have any questions, any comments, please reach out to me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I will see you back on Monday morning or I'll see you over on Patreon. I love you guys. Thanks for allowing me to do this. And uh, I will talk to you very soon. guys um i had the immense privilege and it just went so great uh a couple weeks ago when i covered the hilaria baldwin or hillary baldwin as it were uh the the scandal um with uh, my next guest and something happened in this last couple of weeks a story happened that i was following and i wanted to try to talk about it in the 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 best way possible that wouldn't kind of, I I don't want to make light of this. There might be humorous moments, but I also want to warn people up top. This might be triggering. There might be things talked about that are beyond the pale. And uh, I want to, um, I want to be respectful towards the victims in this as much as possible. We'll be talking about a couple of other things as well. But uh, of course I am talking about the army hammer scandal that we are currently watching take place right now. And the only person that I really think I could talk about this with is, 
is somebody that I've really grown to admire uh, on Twitter and Instagram, but it just has one of the, the best minds for piecing information like this together. So let's get right into it. Uh, freelance writer, Sophie Ross. Sophie, thank you so much for being back so soon. Hi. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I mean, this army hammer stuff is literally all I can talk about. So I'm glad I can actually like talk it's, about it. That's a, it's, it's kind of good to get it out in. I mean, it's, there's so many elements to this story that because there's a horrific element because you guys, I don't know if you're aware, you probably are if you listen to this podcast, but you know, there, there are like, you know, people are saying like the, you know, cannibal texts and which I think is, a piece of this story, but just a piece, because if you look past the cannibal stuff, there's really much more darker things in how uh, he's allegedly treating women. Yeah, I think it's it's such a grave misfortune just to everyone that people are focusing on the cannibal aspect when really that's that's the least, you know, interesting thing about this story like there are just so many layers here and it really paints a portrait of a truly disturbed abusive person and, uh, and some and somebody that is uh feeding in to their own like you know is is kind of we've seen this when somebody gets uh famous or gets successful they start wanting more and more and pushing the boundaries on what they can do and who they can use. And it starts to become like, they start to become like a non-person because they're just feeding off of this energy of, I don't know, like you ever think that these people are intentionally trying to destroy lives? Where do you think the mentality is? Um, wait, repeat that question. Sorry. Well, just like, I mean, sometimes when somebody is so, when they're getting famous and they're realizing they can get anything at their oh, disposal, yeah. where, I mean, do you think they have a goal of like, I'm going to try to destroy it. I'm going to try to make as many slaves, kittens as I can. Like, what do you, where do you think the mentality is? Well, I have heard, I've been reading, you know, I follow House of Effie, who really was the first victim to kind of start speaking out and getting the word out there. And I have massive respect for her. She's so House of Effie is an Instagram account, you guys. Yes. And that is where a lot of this information, she is private now because I know she was just getting kind of inundated with a lot of messages and probably a lot of um, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet fans that were like against her saying negative things. But she started uh, speaking about her own experience and then highlighting other people, other women's experiences as well. Yeah. And, and what they're saying is, you know, he has this sort of God complex, which I think was compounded not only by the fact that, you know, he clearly has some sort of personality disorder. Um, you know, I'm not like a neurologist or an expert, but like, I think he's clearly a sociopath or narcissist. And then when, you know, you become famous and you have all these people feeding into your huge ego, you know, you just feel like you're all powerful. And from what I've been hearing, he's not even worried about these rumors because yeah. he thinks he's, you know, indestructible. Or I read this, I think maybe this was on House of Effie. I read this somewhere. And by the way, I'm sorry if I'm not giving correct credit. I, I want to make sure. And, and uh, but um, that he was, he was joking with his friends in the Caymans of like, he was looking at it as like his um, Tiger Woods uh, scandal or his because I watched the Tiger Woods documentary and it kind of focused on the second part of, you know, all of the um, all of the ladies that he started sleeping with and kind of the the uh, the pills he was using. And he was almost if the room if this rumor was to be true, is that he was talking about it like, well, this is just my Tiger Woods era and I'll come back bigger than ever, you know? 
Yeah, like people are saying like he thinks it's like his Kim Kardashian sex tape moment. Like that, that in and of itself is proof that he's a sociopath because you have women coming out saying, I'm traumatized for life. Like I was trigger warning that we're going to be talking about, you know, yeah. rape, suicide and stuff like that. But women that are saying that they were suicidal, like this, it, it, and I posted some of the messages that House of Effie posted that, you know, she was like, I, I literally am going to commit suicide because I cannot deal with this anymore. And he was like laughing. Like he is literally a sociopath who thinks that, you know, the fact that people are talking about him, that's all that matters. Like attention, the fact that people are just paying attention to him, he loves that, which is like, that is so disturbing to me. Yeah. So, I mean, and the thing is, so all this stuff broke and we'll get into a, a little bit about that, but we were all kind of waiting. Uh, and there was like rumors on Dumois and stuff that he was getting replaced on the JLo movie, the uh, shotgun wedding um, that he was getting to get replaced. And then all of a sudden, there was a thing where he did, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lionsgate, I think, released him from his contract. And he finally, um, he did a press release. And this was the moment when I was like, oh, he's he's guilty. Because, I mean, I was like, he's guilty before, but his press release even made it worse for me. Because he said, I'm trying to find his press release. It um, He called the online attacks, uh, he used the word spurious. S-P-U-R-I-O-U-S. And I was like, oh, that's, he said in a statement, uh, he said, these were bullshit claims in light of the vicious and spurious online attacks against me. I cannot in good conscience now leave my children for four months to shoot a film in the Dominican Republic. Lionsgate is supporting me in this and I'm grateful to them for that. And uh, that to me- yeah, when that statement came out, I think the rest of the internet too, because we all knew people who had been following the story before that statement were like, he's guilty. Like, it's just too many pieces. Like people are like, oh, but like, you know, you can fake, you can Photoshop screenshots. It's like, no one would come up with something this elaborate and disgusting. Like with no this, one... this many angles and this many, I mean, right. and, 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 and that's why I say it's unfortunate that the cannibal part is the one that's like, oh, do I think that Army has eaten a person? I don't, but I think he could have gotten I there. I, th- oh, I, see, I think he, see, I think he could have gotten there if this kept going like unchecked. But wait, so why do you think he does? That's where I want to know why you think he, he has. I mean, I I just don't, there's no proof that he hasn't. He clearly hasn't, you know, he has a craving for it and he's a rich, powerful person. You think about, you know, I mean, I posted something that, w- that I found in Reddit about how he had bought an ax, an ax and rope a couple of years ago. Someone was like working yeah, somebody's at a hardware, working in the hardware so Yeah. I was like, what could he, po- you don't need an ax for sex, no matter what kind of BDSM you're doing. What, what would you need an ax for? And uh, I, so I usually don't even need an ax in my personal life at all. Like even if I was, yeah. a wood, you know, like, I mean, yeah, he's not chopping trees in Los Angeles. Like I would not be surprised when you think about someone who's that rich and powerful and think of, you know, the, the sex workers around the world that he's probably encountered. I mean, like, yes, he absolutely could have made people disappear over the, the years. Well, and the things that were disturbing, if you, there are just so many text messages, so many emails, so many things that are kind of, but there is one where he said, you know, uh, him and his friend ran up on a deer hunting and 
you know, got the heart out of the deer and he was able to take four big bites. His friend couldn't, friend took one and threw up, but he was able to take four big bites. And that is like, that's insane. Even if it never got to the human level, you know? Well, I mean, as someone who has always been obsessed with true crime, like I grew up watching forensic files. Like I'm very familiar with the tropes. I watch every serial killer documentary. Um, So like, yes, anyone who knows about true crime knows that that is like the biggest red flag. If you look at Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, like all of these serial killers, they started out by killing animals. And like the fact that you could like just rip the heart out of a deer and it's still beating and eat it. Like that is so not normal. If that's not like textbook serial killer behavior. And also like the way that we're talking about it if you haven't read all of the texts and receipts, you could easily be like, oh my God, you're being dramatic. But like when no, you yeah. them, you'll see, you'll see that we're not being dramatic. Like they're incredibly, incredibly disturbing. Now, do you have just uh, on that, do you have a highlight reel on your Instagram or anything? Yes, I, actually any of this stuff? Do. I actually just pulled up my Instagram because I was like, okay, I need to pull these up. So I'm like, not because I want to be able to show, I want to, pe- I want people to go there and kind of see the examples we're talking yes. about because it isn't the only reason I wanted to talk about this because it's gotten so deep and intense with so many examples that I was trying to work this out in my my mind because there's also, I have a personal, I've had a person, you know, I I talked about this on my Patreon and a little bit on the podcast, but I, I've known Army for quite a, like I, I, he was in acting class with me for three or four years. And I was very, I mean, as close as you can be with actors and other actors, you know, we rehearsed all the time. I was there when he auditioned for social network. I remember being in the room when we walked him through it, you know, he was a, I remember him, uh, he downloaded me all of white stripes, like burned me like illegal copies of the white stripes. He never tried to act like he was rich. Like he was, all the girls would throw themselves at him. I remember that he was just your average, not average. Cause I don't know. Like I remember him telling one story about burning man where it was like, he had, you know, obviously ingested a bunch of drugs there at Burning Man. I think John Stamos was with him. It was like this wacky story, but I remember him in class painting this whole story about being high and like the lights and he was just, that was as crazy as like I experienced things with him. I remember girls throwing themselves at him. I remember him. Yeah, but like nothing. I remember he was really into barbecuing, which is interesting. Like he was like, he had like, no, I know this is what's crazy is that like he really does have, and I know this, he has insane knife skills. Like, I mean, this guy carved up his own meat, was like all into grilling, smoking, um, everything. Like I remember when he married Elizabeth uh, Chambers, his, his, I guess now ex, I remember watching him go through like getting Lone Ranger. I remember being at UCLA with him when like all the paparazzi ran up on him after he got announced as the Lone Ranger. And I was like, holy shit, this guy goes from like gossip girl to social network to this. And it was just wild to watch. Uh, But then it was weird because like you lose touch with somebody. Like I remember, you know, we, we follow each other on Instagram and I remember one time he uh, liked something or left a comment on my photo. And I'd never had that many people reach out to me in one day of like, uh-huh. you know, army. Oh my God. Can you, do you should, can we all hang out? Can we all hang out? Do you know him? Do you like so many people had reached out to me just because this guy had liked one of my Instagram photos. Um, a couple red flags along the way. I'll have noticed. I, I've, I've noticed there. I think this has kind of been buried too, is that, 
he got arrested one time for uh, illegal weed possession mm-hmm. on the road, I believe, right after uh, Lone Ranger or right, something like that. I remember he also in 2017, and this kind of made a lot of people that I worked with at the acting studio laugh, is that he got caught. Caught. He got caught liking a bunch of BDSM photos. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, and that's where it was kind of like, and and I think we all laughed like, oh, wow, he got busted. But it feeds right into this whole narrative, you know, is that this exactly all this rope technique and tying women up and stuff like that feeds exactly into all the information we found from House of Effie. Mm -hmm. And also, like, like you said, when you scroll back on his Instagram, he is so much like meat, like pig's heads and like, like just raw meat and all of this like weird stuff that when you're like, okay, on its own it wouldn't be weird. Same with the BDSM stuff. It's like, okay, I feel like even that was like great PR for him when that happened. Cause it made him just like a little bit more like relatable, like more of like a textured four dimensional person. Um, cause he really, he really never stuck as like a leading man, which good. That's you, 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 wait. So you nailed it right there. Is that I still have, like, if I talk to my mom, my mom literally like, who's army? Who is that? Like, yeah, people, people don't know who he is. And I, for me, I'm like, I wouldn't call him a list by any stretch, but I feel like they I tried would, to make him a list. They tried to make him a list. I would probably put him on like the B plus list, like, you know, firmly B plus. And people are like, who the hell is that? Like he just, and, and another thing a BuzzFeed writer, I think it was 2017 actually wrote that article that was like, stop trying to make army hammer happen. I've watched, I've watched you make, try to make him happy for 10 years now. And it's not. happening. Yes. Yes. It was like a whole thing. And then like, I think people sided with army at the time because they were like, Hey, you're just, you know, this feels like an attack. And now that, that writer actually, you know, when all this stuff came out, she was like, I tried to tell you guys like, stop, stop Hollywood. We're not going to have army hammer happen. I don't know though. Like, it's just weird. He never really stuck. Well, that it, you know, when he has, like, I feel like he's picked some really decent roles. He's tried not to just go for blockbusters, but which, which is weird now because that J-Lo thing, I think, would have been kind of a really good play for him. It's kind of like when Matthew McConaughey switched to, like, The Wedding Planner and it gave him life and, like, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days of Romantic Comedies, which romantic comedies are out for him now. Like, there's no way. I really think... Oh. Everything is out for him. I I don't think there's coming back from this. Sophie, what scares me though, is watching, like, if you look at celebrity pop culture, you, or if you look at just, I was watching that Tiger Woods documentary. That dude was able to come back. That dude did some really horrendous shit. But I will say, and I said this on Instagram too. And yeah, I have like a a lot of Instagram highlight, or I have like the army hammer highlight, which has a lot of receipts and a lot of, you know, stuff that I posted there about this. Um, But no, this is different. Like, this just feels so different from every former sex scandal. I Like, it just does. Because you're reading this stuff and you're like, this is a dangerous man. You know, it's not just someone who fucked up or is in a dark place with himself or, you know, with drugs and alcohol. Like, this is literally a dangerous person who is a danger to society and a danger to women and honestly shouldn't be around women or children ever again. Like, who's going to let him on a movie set? What kind of person? Well, that's and that's why his uh, his PR statement of like, I can't in good conscience be away from my kids for four. Dude, you won't be allowed to be with your kids right now. Like there's there's. And by the way, if you follow that saga, he you know, his kids are in the Grand Caymans with Elizabeth and he's had to, you know, detox and take, you know, tests, which 
on his fake Insta, his his uh, Finsta account, which was El Destructo, uh, they found his Finsta. Somebody leaked it where he only follows 14 people and 15 followers. He makes fun and light of taking drug tests. But the drug tests, you guys, you'll be happy to know they don't test for DMT. So he was able to take DMT still. And uh, but what I what is it's a I don't think Elizabeth needs help with the kids. Like so him using his kids in that PR statement was like, that's nasty because Elizabeth has been taking care of the kids nonstop anyways. It's not a chance that Elizabeth is letting him anywhere near their kids, especially she came out. She came out and was like, I believe the women like the fact, I mean, she, it was, where did she come out? Okay. Through sources. That's it was through sources. But like, you know, in this day and age, it's, it's pretty obvious, you know, the sources are her team and she was clearly trying to distance herself, herself from the situation. So she didn't look complicit or I don't know what it is because a lot of people are like, well, how much did she know she was married to him? I'm like, I think she was probably a victim as well. And the fact that she, and I know that there were some, you know, tense conversations, I think through the years between some of the mistresses and Elizabeth. But I think now that everything is coming out, she's like, I believe the women. I absolutely believe it. And I think that speaks volumes. If the person that you were just with for 10 years, who's known you, they're like high school sweethearts. If she doesn't come out in defense of you, that speaks volumes. And yeah, the Cayman Islands thing, when he was like, I, he apologized for calling a girl. Did you explain this lingerie video where this girl? No, so- you guys, so he was being haha funny on his Finsta account where he was like, hi, you know, okay, I got, uh, they wanted me to, you know, leave, check, check out into a different room. So let's check out the room door. Okay. A standard closet. Okay. Let's, he's pointing the camera everywhere. Okay. Bathroom. Nice bathroom. Okay. Okay. And then he's like pointing and all of a sudden we see a lady in lingerie on all fours and he goes, okay. Yeah. Okay. The bed that looks nice. Oh, look at the view. And he goes right past the lady into the view and goes, wow, beautiful view, beautiful view. Well, I guess this will be okay. And that's, how right okay so even if none of this cannibal you know my mom would smack the shit out of me if i ever treated a woman like that if i ever treated a girl as a prop on all fours and just like did it as a funny joke which but but the joke in itself shows how his mind works it shows that he's very aware that he is treating a woman like a prop that's the joke that you know that Miss Cayman Islands, which then he had to do a retraction and say that was not Miss Cayman Islands. And I know that woman has been found uh, that it actually is. And, um, but I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he came out and was like, I'm sorry that I said it was Miss Cayman Islands. That (laughs) makes me think. So it was like, that's what you're sorry for of all the stuff. So I think that the Cayman Islands, you know, I don't know, like the the authorities there. They're very probably, strict in the Cayman Islands from what I, I understand. Think that, you know, I think that they got involved and that's literally the only reason he put out an apology for that. And the fact that he's ignoring all the other stuff, um, it's just like so, so disturbing. So I just you, can't, sorry, keep going. No, no, you've studied so much about not just stories like this, but pop culture in general. So if you were Army's PR team, which he has one, what would you advise your client? And and I imagine it's like a defense attorney where they know deep down their client is guilty, but they are being paid to make sure their client goes free. So 
people like ethics and morals don't like try to go down that road because it doesn't exist. They're getting paid for a service. You know, this is like save up for a rainy day. The rainy day is here. What would you suggest for army to do or what, you know, if you're PR, what do you, what do you do? I 100% think you should have just taken responsibility or taken accountability from the beginning and kind of been like, and obviously what he was doing goes far beyond, you know, anything legal stuff that he was doing, I think definitely falls into sexual assault and rape for sure. Um, I think that he should have been like, Hey, you know, I'm into some kinky stuff. I definitely let things get out of hand. Like something like that, where you frame it, like just make an apology and say that you're, you're sorry that things got out of hand, which I don't think is what happened. I think that he is actually an abusive rapist, but as a PR person, I, you just frame it as, you know, this BDSM kind of got out of hand. I'm truly sorry. But instead he comes out and says, this is bullshit. Like this, it's a smear campaign. Like that just makes you look so much guiltier. But a smear campaign, like who's looking, who really honestly, who's looking to smear Army Hammer? Like I see like people, like I I, I understand when smear campaigns do happen. I've seen it, you know, like if you, I was even talking uh, on a podcast recently about, um, Roy Cohn, the famous New York lawyer who was just like who uh, Donald Trump uh, mentored under. And he used to use the press against themselves or putting things out to destroy other people. There are tactics like this. It's just you usually have a, have to have a motive of why you're trying to destroy somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't see the motive there for Army. But um, I do I do wonder like this, how do you even approach this situation and if he's really there joking about it, I just feel like he's such a student. Like that was another thing I remember about him. He was such a student of movies and was really fascinated with everything is that if he really is looking at this, like his scandal, then he knows how these things usually work, that he eventually has to admit some kind of culpability. Right. Well, I think that's what the difference is between this kind of scandal and a scandal happening with any other normal person. Like his brain isn't normal. Like, the fact that he fantasizes about breaking women's bones and seeing pain in women's eyes and like stuff like that, like he is actually a, a future serial killer, in my opinion. So, like, I think and we this see is that part- in the text messages. Like, we see yes. that in the text messages because you and guys he even says it. He even if and people are like, "Come on, that's not fair," comparing him to a future serial killer. I'm like, he he admits it in the text messages. He was like. I I could definitely turn into a serial killer or cannibal if I'm he not goes, careful. He goes, this is the first time I've admitted that. Wow, you know, like, oh my God. But yeah. yes, I don't know if I, and and you guys, it was like, we were kind of laughing about it because he was like, I want to fuck your brains, your actual brains, you know? And like, it was like, it was just kind of like this really bad, uh, it was just this bad kind of stuff that just kept, but it kept going and it kept going. Yeah. And then there's all these text messages that are like, hey, you're not listening to me. You, you've made me suicidal. I don't know. And he would just like, no, I am. I'm just trying. Like, there's so much kind of just mm-hmm. downplaying every situation. Yeah. Uh, New receipts keep coming out. Like, it just gets worse and worse. And I feel like this is the first time that we are actually seeing someone that has the same, you know, personality disorder as freaking like famous serial killers in Hollywood right now potentially about to go down like that's how I feel about it like I actually feel like there are more way more skeletons no pun intended that are going to come out of the closet like that is how dangerous a person I think he is and so at this point when I say like oh but like and and when you say celebrities usually apologize 
this is like an evil narcissist we're talking about. And evil narcissists do not apologize. Like they go out of their way. It's like the, the gaslighters prayer. If you've ever, or the narcissist prayer where it's like, you just never admit that you're wrong. You keep turning it around on other people. He will never until it's like his PR people, like absolutely forced into That's why with this came in, came in, came in islands apology thing. I think that he literally was forced to because he was worried that he was going to get like kicked off the island. Like that's uh, that's the only reason to me he apologized for that. Like I think that it's going to come down to them literally forcing him to to potentially salvage his career. But like I don't think his career is salvageable because I think that he literally will end up in prison. In my opinion, there is something. I mean, well, here's the deal: is there actionable things from the information that we have? Is there any way that he could be arrested on anything right now? I. It's so tough and I don't think so. I don't think so based on what is out there right now, but I think that what is out there right now is a great lead for like the authorities and the FBI to like dig into him. Cause I think that he absolutely needs to get an FBI watch list. Well, that, I was watching uh, this, you know, I was watching that four part night stalker documentary on Netflix yes. and you know, I was, it was really fascinating in terms of the detective work before computers and all of this stuff. But it's like, we see so many times I've been like, is that, we have some information right here. Like you're right. It does need to be watched from this point on. If something else happens, that's a great, like that is, that is horrible against any authorities when you're like, dude, when somebody's telling you right here, we have so much information right here. Do not let this go because we've seen so many examples of people letting things go. We've seen, I mean, like you said, you have true crime. You see it all the time. I'm like, well, you know, they called the police 30 times. You know, this person was arrested for stalking 30 times. My other thing is, I actually, cause house of Effie said, you know, put some, like, let you ask questions or whatever. And I asked a question this morning, which unfortunately she hasn't answered, but I said, have you, um, has anybody reached out from his camp or else to try to buy your silence? Mm-hmm. Because she, he doesn't have, you know, everybody's like, well, studio money is crazy. It's like, sure. But Armand hammer money is even mm-hmm. more insane. He comes from one of the wealthiest families that you could actually, you guys, the hammering museum in Los Angeles is his family's museum. Like this, yeah. the, you know, studio money ain't shit compared to like Armand hammer and fortune. I think it's interesting because a lot of his victims say that part of his manipulation tactic was pretending that he was broke or running low on money. And he would kind of financially, you know, get them invested in him and get them to give him money. Like he was just a super, super manipulative person. So one thing about that is that that's, I had one experience where something like that, but I always took it as, so he had this place. um, He had this really beautiful apartment. He was, uh, it was off, uh, there's these like Hancock park area. And it was just the coolest place. And he always said, he was like, oh, my friends, before I knew who he was or what he, he would always be like, oh, my friends are letting me, my friends letting me crash here. But that was his place. He never, he would always act like he was like couch surfing, but he had the nicest fucking apartment I ever. And and one of my other friends in class was like, well, you know, that's, that's his place. He just doesn't like to ever say that he's like rich, which by the way, made complete sense to me. Like he, he didn't want to be treated. Um, you know, he didn't want to be treated like a rich kid, but if he's still doing that shit, that's wild, you know? Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. I just can't picture him now seeing what I've seen, like him ever having been 
normal. Like, I just can't like, oh, but he wanted to be like this humble, like, you know, I'm like, I can't even picture that. Like, he's so evil. Oh, I just can't. I feel like, yeah, he, he, I think over the years, this was a way for him to like manipulate people. Like, I think he's so highly manipulative and terrifying. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, it's like, we're talking about true crime. I, and I said this on Instagram too, how, um, if we, if Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy and Richard Ramirez and Ted Bundy and all those serial killers and Ed Kemper from like Mindhunter, if they had sexting, like his, their sex would look like army's sex. Like that is, that is what terrifies me. It's like, we, the signs are all there, all of the red flags. And we watch these true crime documentaries. It's like, who would want to fuck a person's brain? Like when Ed Kemper literally did that. And it's like, the, these are the types of people, army hammer. Like, I mean, well, and, and think about, I mean, but it's like Ed Kemper on steroids because here is a very good looking, charming man uh, I mean, a movie star for all intents and purposes. I mean, it's kind of like, um, uh, who was the, the good looking serial killer from the seventies? Ted Bundy. It's very Ted Bundy of like, imagine a good looking person. Like, and then imagine, so I was trying to think of it. And this is where I kind of was hoping that you could fill in a lot of blanks for me uh, from the female perspective of, so just take like any normal relationship of like a guy, a girl wanting a guy to like them. Now you're going to let them like, oh, you know, he's so charming. He might, you know, he, he's a little aggressive, but like, I really like him. So we'll see where it goes. Now imagine it's a movie star, a really good looking movie star. That's like, uh, well, I, I like to choke you. I like to choke you. And like, girls are kind of sometimes I, I don't want to misspeak, but like, is it, there's something of that? Like, of course they feel like they need to let it go maybe a little further because it's like, oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And he abused that power dynamic for sure. Because a lot of these girls were first of all, like 20 year olds, 19 year olds, extremely young. And they were fans of his DMing him. That's how him and, and he how- would always, re- he would always reply back from his actually account, like immediately yes, they said. His verified account, which I'm like, why were you sending all of these explicit things from your verified account anyway you're so stupid i think what is that what that part weird that part weirds me out i think part of him wanted to get caught and yeah that's i mean that's such an important thing that you know these evil people can be so charming and you know have this kind of magnetic power over you and that's how house of effie describes it and i think it's such a perfect way of describing it because they just know how to manipulate you so he comes across as so charming and that's it's so scary like it's literally the first time we're watching this like hollywood movie star get outed as being like a potential serial killer it's fascinating so two things on that because it is fascinating is that there was a part of me, and I think maybe I read this in House of Effie or maybe my mind made it up, but it's like, there seems to be an aspect of it that I would think would really titillate and excite him that he might be like, what if I could be a movie star and do all this shit and kill people? Like, you nobody, what if I could skate? What if I could, and this is completely, what if I could be one of the first movie star serial killers? Like, if you're if you're thinking weird thoughts in your mind and you are, like, you have this much power at your fingertips, what's not to keep you going down this road of trying to do extreme things? And House of Effie always said that he wanted to get caught, that he was almost hoping to get caught, which is, like, a really interesting thing. But, like, I don't know how much of it is... 
how much of it is him just trying to be like, is there any aspect of, aspect of it him being like trying to be cool guy on DMs? Like, uh, like I'm just, I'm insane. Like I do insane shit. And like, I think that, that play in. him, like, I just think this is him. I don't think that, you know, he's putting on some, like trying to be this kinky guy. Like, I just think that he is this, psychotic person and you'll see that house of effie like people are like do you think he could have like in this q a that she did today people are like do you think he's killed before and she just said yes and it's like i would say yes too based on everything i've read and seen like yeah i mean i I don't i see i I don't know if i'm there but it's like i'm not i'm not not there but i'm also like well he's already done enough horrifying shit that at this point it's almost like I, i i think he's it's just so wrong before you even add the killing into it. Like all this, like, I really hate when you see this with a lot of men, this is the extreme of that, of men breaking women, you know, of men, like, you know, of men mentally breaking women of it's kind of like, it's still like a man's world for a lot of intents and purposes out there. And I've seen so many of my friends that are girls go through this in their male relationships where they just get walked all over and like, like take of it like I see so many women that are willing to give men the benefit of the doubt of like no no he's amazing and he makes me feel so special and then you just see it not uh rest you know the reciprocity isn't there at all and now take this like this is that on steroids and also abusively physically you know yeah um, he definitely you know took advantage oh it says my internet is unstable okay oh, I think no it's army's gotten to you oh no army um Wait, what was I? What were we just saying? No, I was just saying the the reciprocity. I was trying to like on a very uh, like that's on a huge scale of a movie star. But think about this in every day, everybody has a male and certain females. Sure, I'm do this as well. But there's a lot of males on a smaller scale that do this in a very small scale that try to really fuck with women's minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like a power trip. Like he likes having control, um, as do a lot of men like that. You know how it is. Um, but yeah, he absolutely, you know, took advantage of these women, abused them emotionally, many of them physically, just in every way possible to break them. And he even says that he was like, I want you to be broken, not just their ribs, but just like, he was like a broken person or like, I, like a non-consensual, non-consensual person is always broken or no like he like used that word broken to talk about women during sex and I was like that is so disturbing like he just literally doesn't think outside of anyone but himself and it's extremely obvious and House of Effie also pointed out that they you know he never set up safe words with any of these yeah ladies. yeah and, and that's you are because I don't I don't want I don't want to uh you know I don't want to speak negatively against BDSM I've not had yeah. a lot of experience with it but I know that sometimes that's a thing but there are certain rules that I hear that you set up. Like you do have a safe word. So if you say that word, you stop immediately. So nobody gets seriously hurt mentally or physically. And it seems like he didn't even kind of respect those rules of BDSM. Yeah. And this is not, and that's what is killing me that people on, you know, Twitter are like, Oh, come on. Don't kink shame. This isn't about kink shaming. He literally ignored people's didn't set up safe words and then one woman had a story where she said her safe word during sex and he shoved his hands in her mouth and kept assaulting her kept raping her so like that this kind of stuff it's literally assault that's not bdsm and people who actually have experience with bdsm which i do not at all but like people who have experience 
you know, were messaging and they were like, that is such an, a huge red flag if someone either doesn't set up safe words or ignores safe words. And that needs to be like people who do BDSM need to know that's not normal. None of this army hammer stuff is normal. So it's like, we're not kink shaming. We're saying that army, we're army hammer shaming. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Hammer shaming. That, okay. Hammer shaming. Um, uh, House of Effie also posted this. I thought this was interesting. And we kind of spoke briefly about this uh, from an OK magazine article. The level of attention for a narcissist is addictive. Feeling like the whole world is talking about you is a drug. This is why some stars believe no publicity is bad publicity. Army has a God complex that fits perfectly into that. He feels like it's him against the entire world. He has become his own hobby talking about this all day adds a pal. And we had mentioned that in regards to Kim Kardashian sex tape and Tiger Woods. And it's just like, if that is true, like that just adds more fuel to that disturbing as hell fire that, um, and the other thing just to point out too, we brought up briefly is that he, he calls all of his women kittens. And that was, I was under the, like, I was like, Oh, I thought it was just this one woman. And then we find out he had like so many kittens. He was actually really then playing around with the master slave relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, you know, House of Effie said that he had had slaves before that he had said something along the lines of there were like rumors that, you know, he wasn't that into BDSM before House of Effie. And she was like, that was a lie. Um, he had slaves that I guess were women that literally lived in cages 24 seven, just on call for to be his sex slave. Like that's like this sort of master slave relationship that he was looking for. And I'm like, who? Like who would sign up for that? Like I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I that it's just I don't have a, you know, it's like I watched the the Nixium documentary, The Vow, and all that. Like you know, can I can I eat an orange and all of the master slave oh, yeah. stuff they were doing, which I thought was an interesting kind of tie-in that I was thinking about, um, in terms of army, you know, the tattoo thing also that he. Yeah. That all the kittens have matching tattoos. Like he branded them just like Keith. How, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like there is, it's so weird when you start adding that, like, it's, it's like when they started studying serial killers in the uh, late sixties or early seventies, it like turned out there was a pattern that you could, like, there were all of these signs that like, everybody thinks they're so unique of like, Oh, I'll give my kittens a tattoo. Like, oh, do you mean like a brand? Like everybody kind of like goes by this when they're that fucked up, they still seem to go by a similar fucked up playbook, you know? Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's like, we were talking about Mindhunter, like Ed Kemper, Edmund, whatever his name is. And in Mindhunter, it's, it's a show um, on Netflix about, you know, the people that came up with um, criminal forensic um, profiling. Yeah, like uh, John Douglas and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not describing it well. But um, yeah, it's like you, you, there are these certain red flags. So just from watching that show, I'm like, if Army Hammer doesn't fit every, he ticks every single box like it's just i'm like they need to stop him why is he still frolicking around the cayman islands and like you said like he has no remorse and that's a huge red flag i'm like where is his pr team he clearly just think he genuinely thinks that he is like indestructible well i watched that night stalker documentary at the wrong time too because in the fourth part you see that richard ramirez 
started having groupies. He got married in prison. He still had women throwing themselves at him because all of a sudden he was like kind of like a rock star serial killer, which is just so disturbing on so many levels. And I think that's also an interesting thing because that was 1987, I believe. And you're like, oh, well, today's it's so crazy with all like the internet and all that stuff. No, it's always been crazy. It's just that we're able to see more of it now. But like what kind of, have you seen a lot of defense for Army Hammer? I think I've seen just people defending him before they really have gotten all the facts. And then once they get all the facts, I think that there are just still a lot of misinformed people that like are reading the headlines or reading like, you know, the surface level articles that are in the press because the articles in the press are really, really, really not delving into what actually like I'm waiting for like the expose. I'm re- waiting for like the Ronan Farrow, oh like apparently Ronan Farrow started, started following house of Effie on Instagram. You know, so, I, I, uh, I, I listened to Ronan Farrow's catch and kill book, which I mm-hmm. was loved the book. I did not like his audiobook reading of the accents he did in the book, but I loved, I mean, he really, really great investigative reporting. And it really shows you what goes on behind the scenes of like trying to like get sources and confirm sources. But I just, I wonder that's when like the money is going to come into play. I wonder how many of these ladies are going to be tried to be paid off because I think I was thinking about it this way. Is that like, Okay, you, you had this experience with Army Hammer. What if somebody comes to you tomorrow, you had this horrible experience and says, hey, would $300,000 help with this experience um, and you just never can talk about this again? Would that help you at all? Like, what would you do? I, I mean, mean honestly. we're acting like that hasn't already happened. Exactly. Like, I, I would bet my entire life savings that that has already happened with him multiple times. And that's how he's kept getting away with it for this long. Because now, yeah, like, House of Effie said there are at least probably 200 victims. So, really? like, I'm 200 sure. victims. 200 yeah, he victims. said that in her Instagram story. So, like, 200 victims. I'm sure, you know, throughout the years he's paid women off. I'm sure there will be more. I'm just hoping that, you know, he gets exposed for real via, you know, like, like I said, Ronan Farrow and that the authorities are, you know, getting into it. I don't expect him to get, you know, prosecuted for the claims that are going around right now. I just hope that he gets deplatformed, canceled forever, fired from everything, loses everything, and that the authorities start looking into him because he probably has bodies in his backyard. Like, I'm not expecting him to get, like, prosecuted. Like, he's probably going to pay people off. That's to be expected, you know? Well, and 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 this is what's not hysterical at all, but, like, what's interesting to me is that this is still considered a fringe story. This is not, like, a front-page headline story. Like, to us, to us, internet, like, the people that, like us that are, like, you know, live a little bit on the internet and like really pay attention to pop culture stories. This is huge. But in the outward, like kind of world, the majority, like we said, don't really even know who Army Hammer is. Don't know about this story. It's not like this is on like, you know, access Hollywood tonight. We go into the Army Hammer cannibal scandal, you know, um, uh, also do more. Yeah. I just wanted to give a little bit of a actual, we had talked about this, but this was the exact blind and Dumois was, Uh, I live in Grand Cayman and saw Army Hammer out on Saturday night at the Cayman cookout event. There were 500 people there and he didn't have a care in the world, was not hiding, openly drinking and chatting with friends. Looks like things have turned around quite quickly for him. Um, And I just think like, man, if that is true, like even I just I've not got it out of my house for like a bad podcast review. I can't imagine having the balls like, even if you had every, like, you did not have anything to do with it. I still would not wanting to be show my face anywhere, you know? 
he's incapable of shame. People like that are literally incapable of shame. Like he doesn't feel embarrassed. He feels probably euphoric that everyone's talking about him. And I, I love how the story, the source in that story was like, it's like, it's all he talks about. Like, he's like so proud of himself. It's just beyond disturbing. He has no remorse. And it seems like, I mean, his friends kind of are aware of certain aspects of Army's life, but it also goes to like, there, there's also a deeper, darker thing to with like your bros, you know? Like I watched uh, this movie, Promising Young Woman this weekend, oh, I, which I, I cannot I recommend enough, mm-hmm. but- I don't, you know, I, I, it also goes to show you of like, be aware of who you're hanging out with, you know, like be aware this, this stink comes off on you too. You are not like just because you're a yes man to a buddy, you're, you're, you're to blame for that as well. Like if you're watching your buddy joke around about this, there's a point where it's not funny. Like I have a buddy that's a QAnon guy now, like he's not a buddy anymore. Like I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't sit there and like th- say it was like, ha ha funny that he's saying such gnarly shit that when I look into it, I'm like, I don't believe any of this stuff, but like there is a thing, bros protecting other bros or I don't know, girls protecting yeah. other girls. It, it's just, it's, it's a huge problem. Yeah. He clearly, you know, surrounds himself with yes, people who enable him. And that's, I mean, that's what I've read. And it's interesting because since his Finsta, you know, became, you know, people found out about his Finsta um it's still private but you can see that people have been slowly unfollowing him so some of the people close to him in his life are clearly trying to like you know be like oh we actually like we're not that close like come on you clearly knew what was going on because you were following him on his finsta where he was posting this did we ever find out who those 14 people are that follow him and he follows him on his finsta um I'm sure House of Effie posted, or I'm sure it's been going around. I yeah. can't remember. There were well, some some people in the industry that I think are friends with him, and I cannot remember their names, and I wish I did because I wish I could expose them right now. I can't remember their names, but um, yeah, there's like a group of other guys that he surrounds himself with that aren't like on his level of fame, but are kind of like, you know, those industry guys that have like maybe like 15,000 followers on Instagram, like those types of guys that there's one named Ashton. And I remember that because people were like Ashton Kutcher and his, his it wasn't Ashton Kutcher. Was it no. Ashton Ashton Holmes? Maybe, I can't remember. Just because he was in our acting class too. And I, I wanna, um, uh, well, the, the, and I just wanted to read a couple of the actual DMs that got this started. And this is, and this is a little triggering, um, but it, it just, this was when like, one of the first things that got started, started over a week ago um, in his DM, I thought about you and doming and fucking and you being dommed and fucked so goddamn much the last few years. I have thought about you so much. It's been so hard not talking to you. I know I needed it, but it was tough. You are the goddamn standard. I hold women to in terms of kink and enjoyment of fucking them. You set the bar too high. You are like the Michael Phelps of fucking everyone else just doesn't have what you have. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That came spilling out and I feel badly. If I said too much, I'm sorry. Every time I have fucking someone in the ass since you, the only way I can come is if I pretend I'm fucking you in the ass. So what he did there is really interesting um, is that he says all, I mean, this is also a thing that we're, he's accused of doing is uh, a thing called love bombing. Love bombing. Yeah. And that's like a narcissist. Um, that's like a very, very, very common tactic with narcissists. They love bomb you. 
because that's they just like doing so much like i'm making huge uh declar- declarative statements of like i love you so much oh it is me and you against the world forever i want to eat you i love you so 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 much and then he like dumps them real quickly you yeah know? that's something that he did he would love bomb them and ghost them and just like really really terrorize them emotionally and yeah that's a that's like a pattern a very common pattern of abuse and again i'm not an expert i've just read a bunch of stuff about no no this is like the stuff that i and and guys i know out there a lot of people might know more about this but just as my podcast is always this to me is like me trying to work through something and i'm hoping you can like come on this journey with me and it i don't want to say it's like the idiot guide to army hammer but there are things that i want to talk through and kind of learn about and i i hope you can learn about that with me and if you got if you know so much more than i do that's awesome. Please write to me. I'm so up for learning more, but this is just something that I keep thinking about and I don't want it to go away because I think there's some really important stuff in here. Um, Oh yeah. I can't stop thinking about it. I think it's like the most frightening thing ever. And yeah, like you said, like the love bombing, like just the Michael Phelps of fucking, because what that is, you guys, it's, it's the ultra, it's the ultra compliment you guys, but it also revolves around fucking like you're the best fuck I've ever had in my life. Like it's it's trying to like really gas somebody up about something that's really private. Like imagine saying like, I, I can't fuck any other woman in the ass because all I think about is fucking you in the ass. Like that's like a dark statement. And even if you're into kink, even in all that, there's like a lot of things that are wrong with that statement, you know? Yeah. yeah. So many things wrong with so <laughs> many things that he said. I mean, there is the just so that, many text the messages. That he was fantasizing about like, when I was reading about lust murders or whatever, how they, they just like are so into like the organs of the human body. Like they get turned on by people's organs, like internal organs. And that's why they cut up bodies. And I'm like, he literally says that like, he's like turned on, like, he's like, I want to see your organs. I want to see your brain. I want to eat your ribs. Um, one thing he said that was like incredibly disturbing and like if you're squeamish like please fast forward but like when he said that he wanted to he was like when i tell you to slit your wrists and use the blood as lube for oh anal, yes oh yeah I was like, that is not normal like that's just not like it's i just oh my god everything about it just gets more and more disturbing and again like these are all on my instagram highlight army yeah so guys i'll send you to there just like the hilaria baldwin stuff was there um um this is another one that just made me so hard and it makes me confused as to why is that even possible so hard right now thinking of holding your heart in my hands and controlling when it beats i am 100 a cannibal i want to eat you fuck that's scary to admit i've never admitted that before i've cut the heart out of a living animal before for and eaten it while it's still beating um while it's still warm i, I mean it's just it, it keeps going on and on like that and even if that's not true like where in your mind would you ever think that's like i i mean i've come yeah, like how is that a flex well that's like, what i'm saying like i'm like i've told people all aggressively cuddle them like i mean like i can't even imagine getting to the point of like fucking like t- talking about taking a deer's heart out like i would honestly think not a lot of girls would be down with that you know yeah yeah but again it's like if army hammer is telling it, it you know, the celebrity this good-looking celebrity is in your dm saying this stuff and like that's if- the society we live in like those people yeah. are held up on a mountain and usually those are the people that are the most disturbed like i talk about that uh you know like i i've been an actor for so long and it's like everybody's like oh that's so glamorous no it's kind of miserable like most people don't succeed at it and there's a lot of i mean there's a 
you ha- are a little mentally off if you've chosen to do this with your life. I mean, honestly, there is like, you've got to be a little crazy because you're like kind of, you're lottering, you're, you're, you're throwing your life to a lottery because nobody really makes it. Army, of course, was a little different because he was well off and he was going to be able to make it in some way, no matter what. The Elizabeth Chambers of it all is very interesting too, because I remember when he was dating her and when he married her and I was always like, that's so weird. She seems so put together. She seems so such a type of lady, just that everything put together. And I was like, I knew Army is like not a uh, addicted to drugs, but I knew Army as a drug user. I mean, I've talked with Army about like, you know, Molly, uh, Mayor, you know, like, so I was just like, wow, like he's really, he, he must, you know, that, that must be a good thing for him. Cause it didn't seem like she was the type of the gr- type of girl that was like going off on drug benders. And we got a daily mail uh, thing last week where it was video of him snorting some sort of crystals off of his hand, you know? from his finsta like the stuff that he was posting on his finsta it's like that alone should you know the the because right now he's going through a custody battle with elizabeth so it's like there's this can't this can't be good for the custody battle i can i exactly but i don't think he cares like i don't think he cares oh i don't think he needs the kids for his life i don't think i think that's better off yeah it's like he i i read that he was just trying to pay as little child custody as possible so like yeah, that's again going back to his statement about like his not wanting to be away from his kids. Like, come on, you're not fooling anyone. So the other thing too is you know in celebrity pop culture is that right now we're like at this point of like, well, what's next? What do we see next? He's gotten fired, or he's you know uh, Lionsgate has agreed to let him go from the movie, which is like a nice way to say he got let go. And uh, so that's over for him. He probably won't be working for a while. Uh, we are seeing that he put out a press statement that didn't really apologize for anything. The only apology he's made is to the Cayman Islands. And the thing that I guess I'm one way the PR usually goes is that sometimes, you know, OJ Simpson, et cetera, you'll start putting out the he's suicidal. He's suicidal. He just his life is in shambles and he's suicidal because they try to get sympathy of like he's upset so much by this that he's thinking about taking his own life. So if I were a betting man, I think at some point we might get a suicidal rumor out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try to get him sympathy, you know, in any way possible. I'm just, yeah, I'm waiting for like the other shoe to drop. Like there's gotta be like a New York times expose in the works. Like there has to be something like I, there's no way that this is where it ends, where he, it kind of like fades off and people like forget about it. Like every other sex scandal and he makes a comeback. Like, there's there's more that's going to come out. Like I can just feel a freelance it. reporter. How does this work? Like, I mean, are, are there like 30 uh, writers out there chasing the story? I mean, let's just also like be clear that I don't have the resources behind me that New York times reporters do. Yeah, 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 totally, that's a totally. full-time job. I wish, I wish that I could spend all of my like days looking into army hammer because I literally can't stop thinking about this. And I think he's so scary. But yeah, I imagine that, you know, these teams at the Washington Post, New York Times, like the big players are definitely looking into this. Like, I would imagine that, you know, they're talking to sources, they're talking to victims. Um, It takes time to kind of put the story together and fact check things and verify things, especially when, you know, there are so many women that need to remain anonymous. 
um, because they're actually worried for their own safety. And I would be too. So it's, it might take some time. I'm like waiting any day now. Like I just want it to be here because people right now are still not taking it that seriously because it's still just been, you know, us weekly, even like Rolling Stone. It's like, who, who is taking Rolling Stone that seriously? So like, I'm just waiting for like the big time expose and I'm just like, fingers crossed it's coming soon. Yeah. It is one of those things that sometimes you're like, Oh, there's, it seems to be like, okay, don't let the air out of this. Don't let this subside, you know, and I'm not talking about for my own personal enjoyment, but you're like, you, you know, it seems like not we, but like the, we're onto something. This can't be just pushed by the wayside. Don't let this disappear. This is important. Like these are, these are like, you know, and just especially where we are now, like we are at a really great turning point on, we can be treating people better. We can make sure that people aren't suicidal. We can make sure that there is a, just a base level way to treat humans that we're in relationships with. And that's what I think is not exciting, but it's interesting that if we can keep this conversation going, the, the cannibal stuff puts it in a whole nother basket on top of just the basic thing that I'm talking about. So that's the thing that scares me. And you guys, I'm going to do a little bit of a timeline at you if you want us to stick around and, and kind of see dates and, and certain DMs and stuff like that. Um, do I, can I get you for like 15, 20 more minutes or you rush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Okay, cool. Um, so, you know, in summing up, that's, we really don't know where this is going to go. Is there anything else in terms of Army Hammer that you would like to, to say? Um, I do think that just in this episode at some point, because we're talking about suicide, we should, um, mention the national hotline. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to put that at the beginning of the episode. I'll put all the numbers at the beginning and I'll also put it in the, um, the description. Does that sound Uh, good? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Okay. Yeah, totally. You're totally right. And I'll put the, the, uh, in the intro, all that kind of stuff, make sure that, and I'll put it at the end as well. Um, okay. So anything else in regards to army? I think, you know, there's, there's so much that there's I could so much, but I think we, I mean, yeah, I think, I think we, we covered the main stuff, covered the main stuff and I know it's growing, but if it, something happens in the next day and a half, I'll throw that in as like a, uh, epilogue, but, um, okay. So, okay. So that is it for army. You guys, uh, you can use the timestamp if you want to skip ahead to the, uh, timeline, but I do want to talk about something even, I guess, more serious right now is, are you aware that, um, Dale and Claire from the bachelorette broke up. Yes. And it is, how are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I'm so devastated. It's the least surprising bachelor bachelorette breakup since Nick Vile and Vanessa. Well, but it's also like, I'm, you know, I hate when I'm like this, but I'm like, screw you, screw both of you for doing this to us. You ruined almost a whole show and you were like, hey, pretty mama. Like it was like, they were so, she was so cocky about like, I deserve love. This is what I get for waiting and not listening to all my stupid friends. You can't do that. I know, I know. It's just like, they put us through all of that for nothing. Like you feel for Claire because she really, I actually, did you see the Demois? thing that called it i'll read it yeah please um, i haven't seen it i've heard through and this was a couple weeks ago this was last week it said i've heard through mutual friends that dale is not into claire anymore but he's way too <laughs> nice of a guy and doesn't know what to do about it because he knows bachelor fans will raise hell if he breaks off their engagement he apparently did like her at first but was taken aback by her coming on so strong and only proposed because producers told him the fan base would hate him if he didn't and the <laughs> 
went on the show to, was to gain more popularity for his aspiring media career. So obviously, like, none of this is that surprising, but it's like, you have to feel for Claire. Like, that sucks. You do, but she, 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 she did it to herself. She did it to her. I mean, you guys, if you didn't watch this season of The Bachelorette, it was fascinating on like a human experiment level because she literally was like, no, I decide. I know exactly that that's the person. And all of a sudden, it was like, Dale, you've been requested to go to Claire's room. And Dale's like, hey, what's up? And he, she's like, I love you. We're going to be together forever. And he's like, yes. I, he goes, I think I felt love for you. Like he literally was like, I, I know I, I don't hate you. I, that must be love. And like, it was insane. It, it was so insane because I feel like all of us at home were like, girl, that's not going to work out. Like it's not. Well, I just think it's funny. Cause like the reason that I could never be the bachelorette is because like, I could never fake it with the ones that like, I'm clearly not into. Yeah. You know how like they have to at least like be nice and like make out with some guys that they wouldn't want to make out with otherwise. Yes. Or like the cameras, like I couldn't do that. Claire clearly couldn't either because she found one guy. Like that's how probably I would have been. I would have been focused on the one guy that I really liked and I would have iced out everyone else. But you're not allowed to do that as the bachelorette. So she, which is like, by the way, if you think about that, it is sociopathic that the people that can do that, that can like, like I can pretend like I like 12 people at once. That's sociopathic as well. Not Army Hammer sociopathic, but sociopathic. And the fact that like, it's like, yeah, Claire, I'll give it to Claire. Like, thank you for not faking it, I guess. But like, think about like those crew people having to be there and go, did she just, did she just ruin my job? Like, this is quarantine. Like, do I have to go home now? Because Claire, like, just humped this dude three times in her room. I remember before she even, like, before they even ended the show at that point and left together, she referred to him as, like, her fiancé at one point. Before, <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, my God, she's so crazy. And did you see that producer or the PA that was, like, stuck to her all the time? And you, we would hear little snippets of their conversation. And she'd be like, and she'd be like, girl, are you all right? It's like, no, he's the one. He's the one. Like, I just yes. can't imagine what I would love to like I've seen a documentary about what production did from that point when they realized like she's not stopping she won't chill out you know uh, oh my god it's so funny it's just it's just such a difference between like her and Tasha because Tasha actually you know Tasha played ball yeah exactly Ta- you could tell that Tasha wasn't into like Blake or whatever his name is who she kept around until like the final six but she still like made out with him and like you know, <laughs> him he was like so weird I'll throw him a kiss I don't care yeah, exactly. yeah. like Claire just physically couldn't do that so yeah bad yeah, do you think Claire at this point can she show her face around Bachelor Nation anymore would she would you be able to stomach watching her on if there's ever a Bachelor in Paradise season again would you be able to stomach Claire on it I just don't think that she would go on Paradise at this point like I just don't think she would what if, she's like the, what if she's like the grizzled bartender at Bachelor? She's like, I was in love once. His name was Dale. I would watch that. I would watch that because I would love to just like be like, how's she doing now? Because she became like the most hated Bachelorette ever. Um, embarrassed herself. Um, guy broke up with her after like however long it's been. Three months or whatever. Like, were, by, by the way, there were so many Dumois postings over this like the last four months of like I saw Dale with another girl in New York. Yeah, you know? yeah. So many spottings of Dale without Claire. So they clearly were broken up for a while and I think they were trying to like make it seem like they were still together on social media. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's just so embarrassing. Uh, it's embarrassing, but it was like it, it kind of one of the, one of those stories that I was like, okay, at least it's at least that story's over because I was waiting for it. So I'm like, good, we can put a a close to that chapter. I yeah. don't need an after the final rose talking about it. I don't need Chris Harrison's thoughts on it. Yeah, I just I just want it because by the way, you could tell Chris Harrison was annoyed with her too. Of uh, like, there were a couple conversations when he'd go like, Claire, you sure? Okay, yeah. well, glad yeah. we did this for you. He kept. Chris Harrison had to put up with so much, so much. That's somebody that I will hate. If we ever find out really horrible things about Chris Harrison, I think I might be heartbroken. Like, you know, I'm just assuming now all men have done something really stupid, but there's certain people. It's like Chris Harrison. I just, I guess last night I found on the show that he wrote an erotic novel that I guess kind of disappointed me. Yeah. He's overall just seems like a very wholesome person, which I appreciate. I need those people. Compared to Army Hammer, and I tweeted this too, like every man seems like Mr. Rogers. Like every guy just seems like it. I just, he makes everyone, everyone looks so, so innocent in comparison. Like yeah. he's scary. Yeah. I mean, um, well, that, that uh, I forgot to say this was that, you know, all in terms of like QAnon shit, which you guys have talked about that on the show and just how much I hate that uh, conspiracy theory group. But it's like, guys, you don't need QAnon. There's real weird shit out there like Army Hammer that there's actual receipts for. We don't need to make up weird Tom Hanks eats babies rumors when we have actual things like Army. Look in front of what we have already. I'm telling you, there is stuff there that will satiate your weird appetite. It, you don't have to make up crazy baby eating rumors about Tom Hanks. I beg of you, you know? I feel like they're probably hearing this Army Hammer stuff and thinking that it falls into their, you know... Oh my God. That's, that's what I'm thinking for sure. It's so um, alarming. <laughs> okay. Last two things. I know that you probably hate, I saw, I think you tweeted something about this, but it probably, I, I think you were like, I'm not looking to be the person that busts things out or anything oh, like yeah. that. Uh, I was talking about Giggly Squad, which yeah. is a podcast and a Facebook group. And I talked about this with you guys with Kiki Monique last week, talk of shame, who's done a lot of great reporting or, or great stuff on her um, social media about this story. But you kind of were talking about the story as well. And you had a lot of uh, people come forward. What what have you found out in regards to this story about that face group, Facebook group implosion and also what they were saying on their podcast? Oh, yeah. So like I hadn't heard about this story until literally two nights ago. So apparently this happened last week and I just yeah. don't pay attention. Like I watched summer house, but I just like, am not like a follower of Hannah and pages. And then I, and this was like two nights ago. And so I started digging and I was like, okay, cause someone DM'd me and they were like, have you heard about this giggly squad stuff with Paige and Hannah? And I was like, well, I watched summer house. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but like, give me the tea. She told me about the light skin comment. I started digging through Reddit and I just found a bunch of stuff and I was too tired two nights ago because it was right before I went to bed to do a whole thread on them. So I just tweeted, Oh my God, I I can't believe I just found out about this stuff. Um, there are two, you know, Bravo cast members who have been really problematic. I'll tell you guys more tomorrow. And I was just saying it's like my, I thought it would get like 20 likes. Then Demois posted it and everyone was like, who is it? And I like replied in the, in the replies, you can see me being like, oh yeah, it's, it's about Hannah and Paige. Like I wasn't trying to make it seem like some mystery. So I think people (laughs) were like, oh my God, she tried to act like she like broke some huge story all for clout. And I was like, you can call me whatever you want. A clout chaser is not one of them. I don't want or need your clout. I just like talking about things on Twitter. Yes. 
that is, I mean, that is, I mean, we all, there is like a group of us that like, and you're actually able to do it uh, more eloquently where I'll be like, poop, poop, fart, fart, joke, joke. <laughs> and you actually present like actual information. And that, what that's, I always think those accounts like yours are the gold mine because you actually get to uh, piece a story together and it's just really not a fun way, but it's a fascinating way to learn about things. But it is seem like it, it weird. They do have a, I do like Summer House. I've, I think that is a really fun reality show. So it's interesting when their podcasts, like there's been a lot of, I guess, you know, things that they've said across oh, or, yeah. or how they've, how they've reacted to the Facebook group shutting down and kind of like there was an apology about the light skin comment, but I don't know if Paige necessarily understood what she was apologizing for. Um, and then Hannah really has been like quiet, I think for the most part, but the Facebook group, there was some just wild stuff about it. Well, yeah, there were some wild stuff about the, and things that they've said on their podcast. And like you said about people, like, I know this is very different, but about people like enabling army hammer. Yeah. Like if you are a real ally and you hear your white friend call a black person light skinned in any capacity, but especially when you're saying that that would make him a better choice for a movie role, um, you would call them out. So like, to me, I'm like, Hannah's just as guilty in my opinion, but yeah, there was very disturbing stuff that, you know, they had dead named Caitlyn Jenner before and they didn't know of Jeffree Star, how he identified, even though everyone knows how he identifies, you're just confused because he's different from you, even though Jeffree Star sucks in general. I'm not a Jeffree Star fan. I think he's very problematic. Um, there was just a ton of, ton of stuff that I had put in this Twitter thread because I just hadn't seen it going around on Twitter. And I was like, I want to compile this all because together it's all very problematic. And the comments about bisexual men. Um, oh yeah, the page, page would never date a bisexual man because he, he, she would, he would just be want to hook up he, with guys. So yeah. all these like problematic, just really ignorant comments compounded with, you know, the lack of accountability over the light skin comments. And then the Facebook group, I guess, imploded because there were some really, re I guess the, the moderators of the group were, you know, right leaning and they were deleting comments from, you know, pro black lives matter, anti-Trump people. And there were just a lot of like political, like a lot of MAGA people. And then there were white women saying the N word with the hard R. Um, yeah. People using, um, you know, slurs and just a lot of like racist abuse from everything I've heard, just tons of racist abuse that wasn't moderated. And then um, Paige and Hannah, I guess we're doing a terrible job of kind of getting didn't like that so then they shut down the group because they didn't like that people were criticizing them so it sounds well, because, like by the way because Paige and hannah i mean i don't like they're i mean especially i think hannah's kind of a she's really career driven more than Paige or really i mean i guess they kind of both are but at the same time they don't strike me as the per like they strike me as the people that kind of just want to live their lives and not like be focused on a Facebook group nonstop, which is fine. But then I guess it kind of is when you're using your name and you're using your, your podcast name and stuff like that, you do bear some responsibility in making sure it's not a total shit show. And I, I actually yes. am in the Gigglies. I was in the first Giggly squad group, I guess. I don't really go, I go on Facebook to like say happy birthdays and some people will tag me now and I'll check it out. But uh, I used to be in a, a lot of Facebook groups like three years ago, and I've had some good experiences and some horrible experiences, but I don't really, but I, I like the thought of people joining together and talking about these crazy shows, but 
I don't uh, like using a hard R using like, that's like just disgusting. Yeah. I don't think you need to cut. Like, I don't think that group needed to be disbanded, but some kind of policy in place where shit like that wouldn't fly. Oh, yeah. to be and remove, remove the people that are, I think that was the main issue is like, it's, it's really hard. It's really a simple solution, but I guess people didn't like that. Hannah and Paige weren't taking a stand because they didn't want to alienate some of their fans. But yeah, I mean, if I had a Facebook group, that, you know, was, was my community. And I saw people getting abused and having racial slurs hurled at them. I would feel partly responsible and I would feel really sad for those fans. And I would, you know, go out of my way to apologize and make things right. And for them to just kind of like, you know, they think it just because it was their fans, they, they were like, we're not babysitters, like blah, 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 like really condescending. Which, it's like, you can use that like one time and it can fly maybe. Yeah. But when you keep leaning on that of like, if you keep having to say we're not babysitters, then there's obviously something that needs babysat, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and I tweeted this too. It's like, I, I hate when celebrities who have toxic fan bases and I like, I mean, there are probably a few, but like when celebrities have toxic fan bases and they're like, well, like my fans just can't be tamed. Like you guys are crazy. It's like, no, maybe you should ask yourself why you've attracted a fan base like that. Well, it's like the army Timothy Chalamet fan base. Like the people that like, they, they, they have fan bases that, you know, in house of Effie, so many people like army fans or Chalamet fans were like up in her, like just saying like that she was a whore and like trying to do this for attention. And like, which is the weirdest kind of attention that you would possibly want. But uh, Hannah and Paige, I, I just find that interesting like people have asked why I don't have a Facebook group for this podcast. And it's like, I, I, it would be like, I, I just see how it always goes. It starts off nice. And then it eventually, at some point mm -hmm. there is a huge implosion oh, and half the people either like it's either handled right or it's handled very poorly. And it just leaves everybody with such a bad taste in their mouth, not just for the Facebook group, for everybody else in it. And it kind of scares you because then you start realizing how divided we are like to like kind of, you know, take it back and like, see, uh, just where we're at right now in this country. And it's like another reminder that we're really far apart still sometimes. Um, but I don't, that's another thing I'll be kind of interested. Did, did, did Hannah or Paige or anything like that come out with any kind of statement? They're both one? posting, they're both posting like usual. So like, I don't know. I, I, people have their theories that they think that something is afoot because I guess both of them have been kind of quiet and weird on social media the past few weeks, like not only because of the scandal, but like, I just think that, you know, people think that something might be up with like the summer house casting that well, you know, house does come back in two weeks. So I bet yeah. there's a little bit of like, Hey guys, if you could try not to like fuck up our premiere, that would be great. I don't know if that is. Yeah. And when you see all this stuff together, because it's easy to like, you know, brush off one of these, one or two of these statements or like one or two of these scandals is kind of like, oh, people make mistakes. I'm like, no, this is like a pattern of really ignorant, privileged behavior and really ignorant statements that are said over and over again. Um, and when you see it all laid out, it's like really not a good look for them. So I don't know. Patterns of behavior, you guys, this is like, if that could be the theme of this whole podcast is that yeah. regardless of if it's army, if it's Hannah and page, if it's me, look at patterns of behavior. They'll usually lead you in the right direction on anything. Like, you know, you talked about dead naming three years ago. I had no clue what dead naming even meant. And I used to do a podcast about the Kardashians and I would make fun of Caitlin all the time, you know, I'd be like, Hey everybody, I'm going to do my helicopter. Woo. Like it would. And, and I 
called Caitlin her dead name, which is when you call somebody, um, you know, their, their former name, um, you know, Caitlin is a transgender woman. Uh, but I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know. And I understand it. Somebody explained it to me and why, what I, you know, when I said that name, it was kind of offensive and stuff like that. And guess what? It made sense to me. So I didn't do it anymore. Like it doesn't, you also pointed out, it doesn't mean that anybody's canceled. Paige and Hannah aren't canceled. Like, it, you know, like, no, fine. Yeah, they're going to be canceled. But it, what it what would be cool in a lot of these situations is like, if it makes sense to you, you can learn from it and also say like, hey, I did not honestly know that I totally understand it. And I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, exactly. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, there were also people on Twitter being like, oh, they made fun of um, they mocked autism on an Instagram live ones. So it's like, there are all these different subsets of people that they have probably offended at some point. And instead of being like, you guys, like, I would never want to offend. Like a lot of this came from ignorance, like blah, blah, blah. Like if they came forward and were like just owning it, but the fact that they like have kind of refused to take accountability basically this entire time, even after like the, the light skin comments, like they were not taking accountability. So I feel like that's the frustrating part is that people are like, Hey, you know, you make mistakes. Like you can learn from it. And their fans being like, Hey, come on now. Like, why can't people make mistakes anymore? It's like, if they own the fact that they made mistakes and that'd be one thing, but like, they're just not guys rest assured. I make mistakes every, every day, every hour. In fact, and I'm really, same. and people are like, (laughs) I bet you think you're so perfect or you better hope you're perfect. I'm like, I am. No, I'm <laughs> so we do you think like, uh, as we wrap up, do you think it's, do you think social media has made us better or do you think it's divided us more? Oh, it's definitely made us worse. It's definitely, <laughs> that's not even a question. That's okay, not even, I just wanted to see where you thought because, because yeah. there is a part of it that like, as a kid growing up, I wanted as much information at my fingertips as possible. You know, I wanted to be able to, like, if I had Google when I was a kid and be able to look up all these celebrity stories, I would have killed. I had to wait every week for my Us Weekly to come in, my Entertainment Weekly, my Premiere Magazine, my Rolling Stone, and now it's all there. And so that part of it, I was like, oh, how cool that, like, I don't have to, like, you know, buy CDs or, like, rent CDs from the library. I can actually just go burn them on. Anyways, I'm but like so you think it's definitely made us worse well if you think about like the way that news spreads now which is great you can see something right away as soon as news breaks you know the story is right there on twitter but the same goes for you know fake news how easily it spreads how easily things go viral that are like dangerous or factually incorrect and how easily social media can just divide everyone like just everything about social media has made our society worse. And I, I think I was born in the wrong era because I probably would have been a much happier person without social media, but here we are. I live my life on social media now. It's too late. I'm already addicted to it, but, um, it would be great if you were in like the seventies and we just like caught you, like yes. you would just be like scroll scrolling on like a piece of wood, like little tweets, you know, <laughs> little thoughts Yes, or like back being a caveman, like writing. On- <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is kind of scary because it seems like it's increasing and increasing and the amount of information is overwhelming. And like with this army thing, I mean, that's what everybody keeps joking about is how, like, I mean, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. We had Hilaria Baldwin. Hilaria Baldwin is like the lightest appetizer. It's like the water you get before the meal. I mean, that's nothing. Like, by the way, Hilaria Baldwin must be having like, like, foo, like it's off. Pressure is off. 
Well, I, I did find that little news story though with the, that got released about Alec Baldwin quarantining separately in that cottage. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, so, yeah. I was, was like, nice. oh, trouble in paradise. But then I actually was reading some background. Apparently, it's been this way for a while now because he's filming something. Yeah, so he has to go to set. He can't like you know be with his family. But I'm like, I still think there's something. But it something. might also be really nice at a time like this for to have a him to have a private cottage away. Exactly, from I this. would want to get away from her too if I found out she'd been lying to me for 15 years or however but long. I, the yeah, the more I think about the Hilary Baldwin stuff, the more I think that like Alec got a, got stuck and he loves her. You know, like I mean, he really does love her, but he probably is like really. I know he's still been defending her on Twitter. <laughs> Oh yeah, like, he's like he's yeah. off Twitter now, you guys. He said goodbye for now. This oh, is a Oh yeah, yesterday. It's a he goes, I this is a toxic, you know, something like a toxic place. Uh, this is not how I'm, you know, goodbye for now. Because he was trying to throw in some Trump tweets earlier in the week, and it's like it just doesn't hit as well when you're like one of the major scandals of the year, you know? Oh my god, Trump. Yeah, he's trying to like get get, you know, back to being like a celebrity that people actually kind of respect. Well, and this is when it's got to kill him the most because he had so much to say about Trump and he can't even really say anything because people literally just up in his comments saying like, K, K. <laughs> I'm looking now. That's so. Yeah. Well, his last tweet was like the goodbye for now one, right? Um. Or is he already busted past that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it. Twitter is like a party where everyone is screaming. Not much of a party. Goodbye for now. So dramatic. How many likes did he get on that? The first comment I'm seeing under his thing, it's just audios from someone that I follow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What well, is that kind of weird thing too, is like in, I, uh, making memes is that sometimes like, it's like you're able to make the stupidest joke as quickly as possible. And it's like a brain exercise. And sometimes you're not even worrying about like who that might hurt. So it's just like, we're all like, we all feel so free to shit on anything that we want now. Like no matter what, like this, I know it's it's so bad. (laughs) Lots of people on Twitter also that are like, you can dish it out, but you can't take it because he's been this loud asshole for so Yes, I mean, that's, it's like weird how things like life always uh, finds a way to get, get back at you. Um, Sophie, I guess my last question is when, when are you coming out with your podcast? You need a podcast. I'm imagining you'll have one within this year. Usually the people that come on this podcast realize, well, that doofus can do it. I can do it. So we got to get you a podcast because you have so many great things that your mind uh, is drawn to. Uh, And I had so many amazing uh, comments about you coming on mine. So many people reached out to me to say how much they loved hearing us speak. So thank you again for doing it. I, I, I told her, you guys, I DM'd her, I said, I hate going to the well too many times with somebody, but this happened. You would be the best person to talk about this with. And I was waiting for her to act like she didn't read it, but she read it and she said, yes. So thank you, Sophie. You really, um, what a way to, I hope we can just keep doing these horrible, horrifying stories together. Yes. I mean, when stories keep coming out like this, you know, I'll be the first person to want to rant about them for two hours. So please, I'm happy to. Thank you so much for having me again. Always. You guys go follow her. You can go to my, uh, to my description to find her Twitter and her Instagram. Both are amazing follows. Uh, trigger warning. I do want you to go watch, see the highlights for some more specific examples of the army hammer stuff. Uh, it kind of paints a picture there because I know house of Effie, if you're not following her, you can't right now because she has a locked account. So uh, thank you so much, Sophie, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you.
fucking tear you apart. Batches.